Welcome back to another edition of Past Deadline. This is Dylan Getz, Editor-in-Chief at Central Michigan Life. Uh, in today's episode, we're going to be interviewing Jen Ackley, who is a nurse at Sparrow Hospital in Lansing, Michigan. Uh, she's also the mother of a staff member at Central Michigan Life. So here we go. Um, so, so tell me about this meeting with, uh, with, with Governor Whitmer. What, uh, I heard that she reached out and wanted to set it up. Um, and she talked a little bit about, you know, wanting to hear from people on the front lines um, during a press conference that she had late last week. Um, what, was, what was discussed? Um, well, it was just, uh, as far as I was told, her people reached out to the MNA mm-hmm. first um, and then looking for some frontline providers that were local. She was starting kind of in Lansing just to speak to some of us first. She was trying to get a meeting set up with some Detroit hospitals as well, but a lot of those hospitals down there are non-union, so they're facilities really aren't letting them speak. Um, and it was just so that she can get, you know, more of an accurate picture of what's happening um, on the front lines so that, you know, when she's doing these press conferences and having conversations that they're coming from an educated place. That was my understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Was this her first of these kind of kinds of meetings? Yes. Um, what were some of the questions did you guys ask each other? Um, well, it was mainly talking more about experiences. So we had uh, one nurse from the emergency department, which was me, one nurse from what we would, what would be considered the step-down unit. So those were taking care of more stable COVID patients. Yeah. And then one nurse from the ICU, which is taking care of all of those vented patients. So you're in the emergency department, you said? Yes, I am. Uh, so working in the ER, I assume that means? Yes. Is there, so at your hospital at Sparrow in Lansing, is there a kind of separate, so I I know obviously you're supposed to call in before you think you have COVID-19 and go through a separate kind of um, process to be tested and everything. You know, you're not just supposed to necessarily walk into the ER. Uh, Can you go through what what the process is at at, at Sparrow? Yeah, so, um, you know, we do have patients that walk in the door and say, hey, I, I think I have it and I want to be tested. Um, every patient that comes into our building is stopped at the front door by uh, a new position that's been created related to this crisis called tent triage. So that nurse there is going to assess for respiratory complaints and decide if that patient is what we consider the walking well. And mm-hmm. if they are, they would go to our tent, which is set up in the parking ramp. Mm-hmm. And if they're a respiratory patient that is not what we consider walking well, they're going to get a mask and then be walked directly to a room for assessment in the emergency department. Okay. Okay. Wow. So, um, and then what is it, what is it kind of like, you know, I I was going to ask a little bit later about your process, um, but what's your process coming into work and and leaving work? Obviously lots of, you know, um, cleaning and having to wear protective gear. Um, sure. Yeah. What, so, what I mean, like when you get when you go into work, right? So everything is kind of honestly changing day to day for that. Uh, but typically, right now, uh, it's a little different than six months ago when we were coming to work. Most mm-hmm. everyone is coming in street clothes. The hospital is providing those of us that are on the front lines scrubs at the building, so that we come in street clothes. You're not wearing your regular shoes that you would wear home. You have to go through a checkpoint. Um, there's, I think, 
four of them at access points to the hospital where they assess you for any symptoms, for certain amounts of travel, and then you're also getting your temperature taken before you come in. At that point, too, you're also getting just a simple mask, which yeah. everyone has to wear in the building. And then, um, you know, once we get back to our locker room, you're changing into those scrubs. Um, most everybody is covering their hair now, too, because that the COVID can stick to your hair if it's right. airborne. And then we also have an N95 mask. Um, if you work in the emergency department, not everywhere in the hospital has to wear those every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we all have um, eye covering as well. So okay. I I have glasses. Um, other people wear just like a what looks like a clear safety glass, and then people wear a face shield over that as well. Yeah, yeah. So that that's been one of the things. Kind of the national conversation has um, you know been talking about a lot is you know obviously the, there's. Uh, short as a mask and those face shields are really kind of crucial uh, for nurses and everything. You know, when, you, when you're working, you have the face shield on, glasses, uh, N95 masks, um, I assume some type of gloves too? Yep, we have a gown over our scrubs um, mm. and then also gloves. Okay. And that would change a little bit if we were doing something that would be like a, considered a high-risk procedure like an intubation. You would actually be double gloved then. A lot of times they would cover that N95 with another simple yellow mask only to keep the outside of the N95 clean. Okay. So there's just a few extra layers if we know that we're intubating someone. Yeah. So, so what's your process like um, when when you go to leave, Um, you know, everything you have to give it all back and then it's, I'm sure it's washed and, and clean properly. And then, what is it like when you, when you kind of get home, do you run right up to the shower and, and, and wash your hands and, and, and clean up or. Yeah. Well, I mean, we get back into our street clothes at work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I get to my car, so I have, when I get to my car, I have my work shoes on. Mm-hmm. So I will open up my car. I have a bag that my work shoes are going to go into. And then I spray Lysol on those. Then they're going to, I tie up that bag and leave it in my car. Okay. And then I have my what I consider my clean shoes that I'm slipping on to drive home. And then once you get home, and this doesn't happen every time, it depends on where I'm working in the department. But if I've been in a high risk spot that day, mm-hmm. then my husband meets me in the garage and I get undressed in the garage. I have a towel, that's it. And I go right to the shower. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So tell me about, is it different shifts that you're working? Is it kind of regular shifts? Is it longer hours? Um, what's the atmosphere in the hospital like? Right. It's actually been uh, a little bit different in that we haven't seen the surge like they've seen in the Detroit area. Yeah. So I, I feel like the governor has done an amazing job of putting those restrictions in place. And I feel like a lot of those stay-at-home orders have made a big difference in mm-hmm. the patients that we're seeing. But because of that, our census has been less in the emergency department and throughout the hospital. Mm-hmm. So um, we still are seeing COVID patients every day, um, and we're still seeing sick COVID, COVID patients every day, but it's more of a steady trickle as mm-hmm. opposed to, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, just like <laughs> absurd, you know, people that, you know, you can't even handle everybody at the same time. Right. If you're picturing like a field hospital or something, it doesn't look like that. So my hours have been a little bit different. I'm still working my regular hours. I'm still picking up hours, but 
that census piece has, you know, is sending people home where normally they would work for the day. Yeah. Yeah. So just kind of generally, I, I mean, I mean, what are your thoughts about being on the front line front kind of front lines fighting, you know, this virus? Um, you know, it, it seems like nationally, you know, you see it on social media pretty often now, uh, but nurses are specifically getting a lot uh, of appreciation and love. Um, so, you know, has this kind of uh, rejuvenated your, your spirits a bit? Uh, well, I think the support from the community it has been phenomenal, just, yeah. you know, unexpected and, and amazing. It makes everyone feel great, but we don't, or I can only speak to myself. I don't feel like I'm doing anything special. I'm going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's uh, a time that I never thought I would experience as a nurse. I never thought I would be afraid to go to work. Mm-hmm. And that's a different sort of piece. Mm-hmm. Um, but my biggest fear is not about myself getting sick. It's about bringing this illness home to my family, to my kids or my husband or I mean, I'm not seeing my parents now, but I'm not seeing my parents because I don't want them to get sick. So, mm. so, so how has this kind of, uh, changed, changed your life in that way? I mean, you said, you know, your biggest fear is, uh, not wanting to bring it home. So, you know, you said you're not seeing your parents. Are you really, you know, taking every precaution you can now? Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, my whole family is shuttered at home. So, yeah. um, I know in my head, if, if one of them gets it, or if my husband gets sick, uh, it would be likely come from me. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm being super careful. I still, my parents are in their seventies, so I'm making sure they don't go out and I'm grocery shopping for them, mm-hmm. but I'm not going in their house. I'm dropping it on their porch and standing six feet away. If I have a conversation with them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, as far as my home life, I haven't, hugged or kissed my husband or my kids since my first positive COVID patient, which was, I think on March 16th. So, you know, lots of hand washing and all the other stuff. We're obviously living in the same home, but there's no close contact here. Yeah. Yeah. It's gotta be hard for you. I I mean, how how many kids do you have? Is it just Ben or siblings? No, we have, we have three. It's Ben and then um, Brenna's a junior in high school and then Jacob's in fifth grade. Oh, wow. Okay. So are they staying at home now too? I, I assume they are, right? Uh, all schools are shut down. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Everybody's here. I mean, we do have our, we don't normally bring it home this early, but I had my husband bring our camper home to the driveway just in case I had a really sick patient or all of a sudden got sick. I could quarantine out there, oh, okay. uh, but we haven't had to use it. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I, I haven't seen anybody, anybody think of that one yet, but, uh, that's, that's a good idea. Um, so I guess, obviously, you know, it's turned a lot of people's lives upside down. I don't know anybody who's not been affected by this. Um, and, you know, you being, uh, being a nurse and being on the front lines of this, uh, you've experienced it the most probably of any of us. So I, I guess one of the last questions I want to ask you is, um, what's your kind of message to the public? I mean, what do you want to get, what do you want to tell other people about this? Maybe people that aren't taking it very seriously or um, people that, um, you know, are just ready for it to be over. Right. Um, so I would probably, oh, there's a couple of things I would probably tell the general public. Number one, uh, I would say is that nurses, ER nurses specifically, but I would say nurses in general 
don't uh, normally get nervous about things. And Ben will be able to tell you, as my other kids, uh, my kids don't go to the ER. They need to be dragging something behind them um, to impress me, (laughs) to take them to the hospital. And this is something that I have seen that is scary, like watching these patients and how sick they are and how quickly they can go from sick to needing um, to be on a ventilator is Mm -hmm. profound. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you haven't seen that and you don't know what I'm talking about, it's probably hard to imagine. But my my message would be, if this is something that can scare the ER nurse in your life, you need to take it seriously. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it's no joke. And it's, it has um, no qualms about coming after somebody that's 30 that doesn't have any medical history as opposed to your grandma. So it can touch anyone and, mm. and people think that it can't somehow, I don't know how, but it, it doesn't care. It doesn't care who you are and mm. it doesn't care what your medical history is. Cause I've seen it get people that have no medical history and they're fighting for their lives. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 100% completely agreed. So, um, I want to thank you, uh, Jen, for, for agreeing to do this and, and, and chatting with me just for a while. Um, is there anything else you'd like to, to add or anything? Um, you know, I think we uh, covered most of the stuff that I wanted to talk about. So, No, I think we're good. Okay. Okay, great. Um, yeah, if, if we're good, then uh, I'm all set on my end. Um, yeah, thank you so much. And um, stay safe out there, obviously. Um, and, you know, and try to try to keep pushing on. I, I, it seems like we're, we're not really sure when, when this is all going to end. So, um, you know, I want to thank you personally too, for, for doing what you do. No problem. Thank you very much. Have a great rest of your day. Yeah, you too. You too. Thanks. Thanks so much again. That's our interview with Jennifer Ackley, a RN at Sparrow Hospital in Lansing, Michigan. Uh, Thank you all for listening, and be sure to stay updated with our coronavirus coverage at cm-life.com and our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages.